Hey, you know we've been talking about the well. Everybody say it. I am the well. And I said at the outset of this series, it's important for you to understand that you have to get a revelation that you are the well of God's living water and God's life-sustaining and life-giving force, and that you have to have a revelation of that. All the preaching in the world won't matter if the Spirit of God does not quicken your heart to understand that you are His well. Uh, we've been full, you know, uh, taught throughout the years, literally hundreds of years of the body of Christ, that uh, you go to a well, you go to a service, you go to a revival, you go to a certain speaker, you go to a certain meeting, and that's where you'll find the well. And obviously God has showed up and done amazing things. But the paradigm shift is this. We're going from being people who look somewhere else to looking on the inside of what God has put in each of us. So let's say, I, mean, I am the well. I don't have to go to the well. Uh, inside of you is an extraordinary thing. We talk about not just the revelation, but the empowerment. Say empowerment. When we talk about the empowerment, we're talking about what's in that well. And in that well is all the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the sevenfold Spirit, the blessing, the favor of God, everything good that you'll ever need, and everything that you will have available to minister to others is right there, right now. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians, that that power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you now. Let me say that again. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you now. Raise your hands if you're a believer. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you now. This is not a question of is there power available. But you must understand by revelation you're the well and also understand, too, everything that is in there for meeting not only your needs but needing the needs of those that are around you. Now, we also talked about the need for you to understand a thing called connection. Say connection. It doesn't do you any good to be born again and be disconnected from your God. It all starts with a simple understanding in John chapter 3. You must be what? You must be born again. You must experience the new birth. If you haven't experienced the new birth, there is no way for you to be the well for anybody because you yourself are in need of that living water. You don't have a right relationship with God, so you can't be a benefit to anyone else spiritually. All you'll ever be is just a drag at best. Look at somebody and say, don't be a drag. I want you to see this, that uh, in Luke 5, Speaking specifically of, of Jesus and his habit, in uh, verse 15 of Luke 5, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Why? Because they saw that he was the well. Aren't you glad for that? Now, historically, if you read this scripture and, and, and traditionally, you would say, that's right, I'm one of those people seeking healing. But God needs you to see you're not the people seeking the healing, you're the well. Amen. Are you here today? And he goes on to say, and watch this and mark this in your Bible, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and what? And prayed. It's stunning. Go to Luke 6 and see the same thing in verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray. To do what? To pray. And spent the night praying to God. 
Then when morning came, he called the disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. So in other words, Jesus is withdrawing from people and connecting with his Father for direction and instruction. Say it with me, direction and instruction. Now, how many believe that Jesus is God? But while he ministered on this earth, he ministered through the power and efficacy of the Holy Spirit, not through his normal supernatural and divine state. Why? To teach you and me how we're supposed to minister. If what he did, he did as God, you and I would not have an ability to emulate him. But if he did it through the person of the Holy Spirit, and that same spirit is in us now, then we can emulate, we can be what the Bible says in Ephesians 5.1, followers of God or imitators of God as dear children. Look at somebody and say, that's me. I am the well. But it strikes me every time I read the narrative about Jesus withdrawing, going up to a mountain, moving away from the people, even his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. What strikes me is if the Son of God needs to stay connected to his Father to have power, how much more does the church need to stay connected to God to have power? Doesn't make any sense for him if he's operating as God to withdraw to get that power, direction, and instruction. But it's a great example for you and for me. If we want to understand what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to minister and who we're supposed to touch any given day, we've got to stay connected to him in living, vital union or contact. In other words, I can be a person of revelation that I'm born again, I'm the well. I can also understand everything that is inside of me that he put there to be the answer to those people around us but I'm not going to see any measure of manifestation of the God's goodness and his presence and his power unless I stay connected to him. Do you know that in uh, Europe right now there are thousands upon thousands of cars or electric vehicles and they're sitting in electric car graveyards because the cost to replace the batteries is more than the cost of the cars combined. They're cars, they have wheels, they have steering mechanisms, they have batteries, they have everything, but what do they lack? They lack power. No one would ever walk up to and say, you're not a car. You don't have wheels. You don't have a transmission. You're a poser. No. No matter everything put into those vehicles, if they don't have power, they're not going anywhere. This is a smart device generation. I think we have devices for our devices. And if you can't find your device, put a device tag on it and you'll find it. Amen. Glory to God. We are device dependent and they're all requiring power. But when's the last time your computer died or your, your phone died and, you know, the, the wall outlet ran you down so you could plug it in? It just doesn't happen that way. If you are going to power up that computer or power up that phone or whatever device it is, you're going to have to get your little hands, amen, and plug it into the device and then take the other end, it's real complicated, and then plug it into the wall and then a little time goes by and guess what? The power is restored. Amen. You don't hold a charge any better than that battery over there in Europe. Without God, without being recharged, you're going to die just like that iPhone. You're going to die just like that MacBook because you have not 
kept the charge. And the way you and I do this is in living contact with him. The video is simple, but it's powerful. The power is in your hands, which means the power or the connecting point is prayer that keeps you powered up to do the things you're supposed to be doing. Great men of God have walked this walk in and noticed that every failure in believer's life is a prayer failure. It's a connection failure. Doesn't mean they're bad or horrible or ugly. It just simply means what? The failure came because there was not vital union or connection in that life. Some get born again, but that's where their efforts to connect with God end. The focus of this series is to get connected and stay connected. We are the well. Say, I'm the well. And I am empowered. But I can't hold a charge unless I get connected and stay connected. Believers today can go days, weeks, months, even sometimes years without reconnecting with their God. Doesn't mean they're not born again. They are. Everything in this world right now is designed to interfere with your connection with God. Everything. Every distraction, everything that seems more important than everything else, designed to get you to disconnect. Because if you do, you'll not be able to help anybody, including yourself. We've got to be more diligent than ever to maintain that vital living contact with him. We've been taught taught much about increase and sowing and reaping, but your connection to God is the best sowing you'll ever do. When you connect to him in prayer, you're sowing to the Spirit, and you're going to reap great results for yourself and for everybody else around you. Turn to somebody and tell them, stay powered up. To disconnect or lose your connection is to lose out on all that God offers, your manifested presence and power and goodness of God. How many you believe in the glory of God? Manifested presence and power and goodness of God. You don't have to wait for a service to have it. You can have it all the time if you'll stay connected to him in vital union. When we say vital union, what do we mean? We mean that which is needed to sustain life, that which you cannot do without. We understand that if you were to come up on an accident and somebody's got a broken leg and somebody else has a cut or somebody else has an open wound, yes, it's important to get them medical treatment. But guess what? The ENTs, the experts are going to first find out those that aren't breathing and tend to them first. A A lot of believers aren't breathing because they're not connected. By vital, we mean you can't live without it. By vital, we mean there's nothing more important than like oxygen, the presence of God in your own life, that connection that keeps you powered up. You know, what we want to do is make sure that we're not so, you know, theologically obtuse that we don't uh, help people understand fundamentally what it means to be connected to God. It's, It's not rocket science. In fact, it's, it's simple. It's so simple, it's stumbled over. It can be described as simply unbroken fellowship with God. Say unbroken fellowship with God. You've heard the phrase spending time with God. Well, I don't have time. Well, you got two hours for Facebook and three hours to binge watch on television and moving right along, Pastor, moving right along. We got the time. It's not a time issue it's a values issue. It's a revelation issue. I promise most of you, if you just spent the time in prayer, you give to Facebook every day, 
You'd be walking around, amen, and demons would scream everywhere you went. You've heard it said, it's just talking to God. You talk to, you talk to God. Are you one of them nuts? Yep. And guess what? He even answers back. Prayer is talking to him, and it's also listening. I thank God he cares about the big deals. Robert is a big deal. I said, that's a big deal. Yes, amen. He also cares about the little deals. If you're not careful, you'll train yourself to only talk to him about the big deals. And forget the fact that if you talk to him about the little deals, you're staying in contact with him. You're showing dependence and trust on him. I don't like losing things. Every time I lose something, I think that Mark Randall anointing is coming on me, and I don't like that at all. I don't want that. I've lost everything, my checkbook in every county in America, amen, and lost my glasses over here and my keys over there. But the other day, I could not find my keys. They weren't in the car, and they weren't in my nightstand. They, they were not in my desk drawer at work. And so I looked at all the obvious places again, and I looked for them again and again. And I remember that still small voice of a preacher who's been telling you to ask God where they're at. <laughs> See, here we are knowing nothing, ignoring the one that knows everything. So I just prayed in the Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit. Where are those keys? <laughs> Just minding my own business. And I hear very distinctly, uh, they're in your pants pocket in the hamper. <laughs> I just wanted to look back up at the Lord and say, that's embarrassing. So I knew I didn't have to wonder anymore. I wonder if they're there. I wonder if they're in the hamper. It's something I never do. I never leave a wallet or keys or anything. And I try not to leave any money because it's gone if it's in the hamper. <laughs> yeah. You might as well just make a deposit right now because it's gone. And sure enough, I go into the closet. That's her tip. <laughs> if it is, she, wor she works on the cheap if that's her tip. Amen. And sure enough, walk in, the, walk in the closet, you know, and get in the hamper and go to the bottom, and there's some jeans, and guess what's jingling? All I could say is, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Turn to somebody and say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. How many know he does stuff like that? Why would he do that? How can he? He knows everything. Don't forget that the Holy Ghost is God. He's not the water boy in the Trinity. He is God. And he knows where the keys are. And he knows where your wallet is. Amen? And he knows where you left this or left that. But he also knows everything relative to the release of supernatural power. But it can't happen if you don't stay in contact with him. Talking and listening, communing with God in his word and in prayer. Say word, word. say prayer. prayer. Come on, say word, word. and prayer. prayer. You need them both. 
And some of you are sitting here today, well, God never talks to me. Every time you open the Bible, he's talking to you. Maybe it's not him talking that's the problem. Maybe it's the listener that's the problem. But I find those, the more time you spend in his word, letting him talk to you through his word, you become more sensitive to his voice, to your spirit. Amen. What you have in your life tomorrow is going to be based on your connection with God today. You play that out over weeks or months at a time, you can start to understand how we're not living our best. Not because God's holding out on us, because we refuse to plug into the wall socket and consistently stay charged in his power and his glory. It's maintaining living vital connection with God and staying in living contact and making that not the last priority, not the thing you do last during the day or if you have time, but you make it your number one priority in life. I promise you that if you needed oxygen and keep your levels healthy, the first thing you'd do in the morning would put that mask on. But until we see God at least as vital as that, we'll continue to struggle living far below our privileges, and those around us won't be getting the power because it's not flowing in us, because it's not permanently resident in you. Understand this. We know whose power it actually is. What you and I are are actually conduits of that power. Comes out one end, if we're connected, amen, on this end. Glory to God. Say it with me. I am the well. How many of you know if there's you know, not much connection, there's not going to be much available? Hallelujah. There's some truths about that connection. The wall plug won't uh, chase you down if something in your life goes dead. You've got to make the quality decision to plug in every single day. Amen? And by the way, you don't get a bill from the electric company. It's our responsibility to get the cord out, plug it in, and charge the thing. No one else is going to do it for you. No one can do it for you. They can encourage you to do it. They can exhort you to do it. They can say, you know, this would be a great idea if you would do this. It'll help you. It'll help other people. But you actually have to do it. The power is always available unless you're on West Kentucky Rural Electric. <laughs> but we're not always in position to access it. I'm going to say the power is always on. Say it again. The power of God is always on, always flowing. The grid never goes down has nothing to do with the power supply. Amen. Many of you were here during the, the great ice storm of 2009 where there were people without power literally for weeks and weeks on end. And not just in the county, even in the city. A very, very serious situation. Amen. Why? That's all external. All you need to do to keep it flowing is hook up to God daily in his word, in prayer, and the power of God will flow in you and through you. Glory to God. Amen. You maintain that connection through discipline, and you maintain that through a choice that tomorrow nothing's going to be more important than hooking up with him. Amen. Rufus Mosley talked about a terrible situation he was in, and 
Didn't know how he was going to fix it, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's on a you know, hotel you know, rug just crying out to God, crying out to God, crying out to God, crying out to God. Finally, he heard the Holy Spirit speak to him. Here lies a man knowing nothing, ignoring the one that knows everything. You and I need to start paying attention to him. Amen? How do you do this? The principle is that we become the ones who supply the power by our connection to God. No connection to God, no power. Amen? An awful lot of believers have gotten power down this past year. It's time to power back up again. You know, if there wasn't something called COVID-19, the devil would use something else. I mean, he used something else just to get you disconnected from the things of God, from the people of God, from the presence of God. That's, that's what he does. He's behind it. He is the actual inspiration for everything that would sever your relationship with God. The Lord is saying to the church at this hour, number one, start your connection. If you've never been born again, if you've never had the new birth, you don't even have the ability to be the well until you're connected to him. Start it. You say, why would you say that? Because a lot of people are raised in church. A lot of people are raised religiously, but they never themselves got born again. I can tell you this for a fact. My grandmother, Anna, my dad's mom, went to church all her life, attended German Lutheran church. You know, I'm sure she believed on, on the things of God. One time when she was in the hospital in Staunton, Illinois, she had congestive heart failure. She had issues with, with her digestive system. I thought they were going to lose her. I just felt impressed because I was coming back from St. Louis to go north a little bit. And I just asked her a question. I said, have you ever personally repented of your sin and asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Everybody say the new birth. Can you imagine attending church decade after decade after decade after decade after decade after decade and not being answered that question, yes, I've repented of my sin, and yes, I've asked Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior. Listen, when you go to church and you're not taught that, you should thank God you go to the evangelical church. You should thank God the new birth is emphasized. You have no idea how many people are in the dark. And that day, sitting in the hospital, she said, no, I never have. I said, would you like to repent of your sin and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life? She said, yes, I would. I know where she's at. Not because of her perfection, but because of the perfect one. So when I say, you know, get connected or start your connection, I don't say that in jest or just as a filler point. There could be people here. You've never started your connection with God. You've been religious, gone to church. You went somewhere because grandma and them went. But you never personally repented of your sin and personally asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. That's what the word teaches. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Aren't you glad he was raised from the dead? Say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and confession is made unto salvation. Start your connection. A lot of people sitting in church all over America never did. But thank God they can. How many are glad that you did? But it's not just being born again. Number two, check your connection. What's the condition of that connection right now? Be honest about it. How diligent are you to walk with God? Do you still have a time where you pray and seek his face? Do you still read the word of God? Do you still seek him as your number one vital need? Or did you just get born again and just kind of get into the background spiritually of things? 
No, you need to check that connection. Look at somebody say, check the connection. And do you know that nobody can do this for you? And do you know that nobody can really tell the quality of your connection? Nobody. They might be able to see a little fruit, but only you know where things really stand between you and the Lord right now. And it's critical that you check that connection. Number three, reestablish your connection. Hook back up again. How do I do that? First of all, repentance and then discipline. Two favorite words in the church. Say it with me, repentance and then discipline. Repent that you disconnected. Now have the discipline to get in there and stay connected day after day after day after day. Look, you're the well. You may not realize this, but tomorrow some people are dependent on you being the well. You're going to run across people. They're not going to get that touch of God, that miracle, unless they cross somebody like you who actually has a clue about who they really are. You're the well. But you can't be that release unless you're connected divinely to him in living contact. Number four, shore up your connection, which means accelerate and increase it. Increase that time with him. Increase time in the word of God. Keep the word of God going in your eyes and your ears. We live in a day of technology where you can literally have the word of God preached to you day in and day out all the time if you just will do that. Faith cometh by what? By hearing. You can keep yourself so charged, amen, you just practically glow. Now, if you walk with God any length of time at all, you know a time when you were just completely hot for God and you've known a time where you were a little bit cold and you know exactly where you are right now. If you're not where you need to be, if you can't say today, Pastor, I'm, at, I'm more on fire for God right now than I've ever been in my life, then you need to crank this thing up. Because it's not just about us. If it's just about us, we'll lose interest real fast in going that extra mile to spend the time that we need to spend seeking his face. But I'm telling you, tomorrow you're going to run across people whose marriages are in the toilet. You're going to run across people that need miracles. You're going to run across people who don't know what you know. They still don't understand the connection between their mouth and their destiny. They don't understand anything about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, and here you go, but you're not charged up, you're not maintained. It's going to be difficult, if not impossible, to help them. Look at somebody and tell them, shore up your connection. And number five, maintain your connection. Maintain it. Don't let anything move back in again. I love this time of the year because Hallmark comes out with the Christmas movies. Really. You already have watched that this entire culture has shifted completely away from emphasizing Christ with any legitimate voice. They may be wholesome. They may not necessarily have any, you know, uh, profanity in there and, and, you know, over-sexualization, that kind of a thing, except their pressure they bow to to have gay and lesbian actors now and roles. Everybody bows now. You're not going to bow. You're going to hold to the word of God. Look at somebody and say, you're going to hold to the word of God. Somebody, come on, somebody, somebody's going to hold to the word of God in this generation and not bow to what they say. But this entire season now will try to be dominated by everything but 
the authenticity of who he is and why he came. Amen. So here's your commitment. For every Hallmark movie you watch, you have to give God the same time in prayer and Bible study. And instead of wearing, this is my Hallmark watching shirt. This is me getting full of power till my brain explodes power shirt. Amen. Glory to God. Maintain. Look at somebody and tell them, maintain that connection. It doesn't take something that's awful evil to completely sidetrack you from God's best. Awful, you know, oftentimes it's the, it's the subtleties that actually will get you. But you don't think are that bad? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm preaching better than y'all are staring at me right now. Say it, I'm the well. I have the empowerment of the Spirit of God. What I need is divine connection. Amen. There are lots of you that make appointments, you know, and, and you wouldn't dare let somebody encroach on that appointment, whether it's coming to see you or you going to see somebody else. And yet, at the same time, if we make an appointment with God, anything and everything can encroach upon that. Now, in the mind of the person encroaching, they may think, oh, that's no big deal. It's just an appointment. It's just, it's just prayer. It's just God. It's no big deal. No, it should be a big deal to them. But if it's a big deal to you, you'll stop that from happening. Amen. Glory to God. Surely I don't have to bring up Mary and Martha in this particular sermon, do I? But one's in connection, Mary, and one's not in connection, Martha. Have you noticed the two had different attitudes? Martha was bossy, aggressive, agitated, worried. In short, Martha was a ball to be around. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus doing what? Listening to everything he said. And this is what happens when, when Christians are disconnected from living contact. They begin to assume that they're Lord over everybody else's life. Watch this. Lord, tell her to help me. Listen to that language. First of all, Lord, really? Tell her. Since when do we give him orders? To do our bidding. Some of y'all pray that way. Oh God, sick him. Oh God, get him. You better knock that off. Christian witches pray like that. Godly people do not pray that God would bend and break and destroy somebody else's will. God will not, not violate somebody else's will. How dare you pray to do so? It is not godly prayer. Oh, God, make him. Oh, God, tell Mary. Tell Fred. That's what happens when you get disconnected. You begin to assume that I can be barking orders at everybody else. It's amazing when you're with Jesus, you're sweet. When you're not with Jesus, you're kind of sour. Amen. 
Divine connection so that you can flow in the power of God is so critical. Amen? That doesn't mean Mary never does anything, but what Mary does, she does through the power of God because of the vital union. And you can always tell, write this down in big bold letters, the first thing to go when you're disconnected is your attitude. The first thing you do, the first thing that happens. Last month, the pastor was a genius. This month, he's a total idiot. First thing to go is your attitude. My wife's the best thing God ever gave me. You know, three weeks later, because you've not been living in contact, all you can do is nitpick and think about what's wrong. I perceive I'm getting a little too close to home here. The first thing that'll go is your attitude. Now watch this. Now here comes four or five needs by you. You could care less about people that are hurting, people that are in trouble, people that are in need, because your attitude is so sour, you don't care anything about that. You just don't have one attitude in one culture, you know, one setting, one context, and then somehow be something different. If you're not connected to him, you're going to have a lousy attitude. I have pastored people, I can tell you with prediction, as soon as I see that thing flare up, I can tell you one thing about that situation. They've not been where they need to be with the Lord. Amen. Some of y'all were here you know, early on in our ministry, and we used to talk about being prayerless, prayerless. Look at somebody and tell them, prayerless, prayerless. When your spouse gets smart with you, guess what? You just turn around and go, prayerless, prayerless. <laughs> That's all practice, prayerless, prayerless. Amen. When you act out at work, what's that all about? You're prayerless. When you can't wait five minutes in a drive-thru without getting all upset and tooting your horn, what is that all about? Uh, somebody connected with God is not going to lose their salvation in a line of McDonald's over a hamburger or a cup of coffee. Come on, look at him go, prayerless, prayerless. Everybody's going to do it. I'm going to make you all come up here and do it with me. Are you ready? Go oh, yeah. Prayerless, prayerless. I know what some of y'all are thinking. That's right. I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to walk around and tell everybody how prayerless they are. You missed the whole point. Only a prayerless person would want to be the person doing this to other people. So just turn those hands inward. Prayerless, prayerless. Glory to God. Martha, the Bible says, was overly occupied and too busy. Mary was hanging on every word. Martha was pulled away by so many things she thought she had to do. A lot of things you're doing may not be things you're supposed to do at all. That's part of the problem. Amen. Too many Christians trying to live off their religious business and performance mentality instead of living off of their vital union with him. What God really wants, everybody lean in, what does he want? God wants something more than anything else. What does he want? He wants you. If he gets you day by day, everything's going to be great in your walk. Everything is going to be great in terms of you ministering to other people. If he has you, why is it so important? Three reasons to maintain your connection to God. I just want you to jot these down as we wrap this up. 
Number one, connection with God opens every spiritual door. There is no other way to get those doors open. And I promise you sometime this week, you're going to need God to open up a door so that you can minister effectively, so that you can be ministered to. That connection makes your faith grow, your love show, and your power flow. Let me say it again. That connection makes your faith grow. That connection makes your love show. And that connection makes power flow. And how many know that it's important that when we're ministering, we're doing it in love? Amen. Number two, connection with God gives us strength to do what we should. Strength to do what we should. Remember Gloria saying this, when all is said and done, it's not what we know that counts, it's what we do. Without vital, continual union with God, we won't be spiritually strong enough to do what we know to do. Let me see your hand if you know generally what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live. Raise your hand up high. You've been in this long enough. You know what's right, what's wrong. Raise it up high. I want to see that you understand it. Yes, we know there's certain things we're to do as believers and certain things we should not be a part of. Now watch this. You will not have power to do or not to do without vital union with God. You will not be able to do what you know to do is right. You will not be able to resist what is wrong without living contact. Rushing around trying to do things in your own strength without living connection, you're going to end up tired and frustrated and defeated. Just like with Mary and Martha, there's what? There's one thing that's needed. Seems to me some preacher preached a long series on the one thing. It's ringing the bell. It's coming back to me. <laughs> I've got all the notes right here, so we'll just go through the whole thing if you want to. <laughs> Amen. Technology is a wonderful thing. Instead of doing that, I'll just uh, take an amen. amen. There's only one thing needed. And what is that? Living contact with God. Listen to what Jesus said. Mary has chosen the best or the better, and it will not be taken from her. Watch this. She chose it. Martha chose a path. She chose living contact. Amen? You remember Indiana Jones? The Last Crusade? <laughs> he picks the right chalice, dips the water, drinks it. He doesn't die, spills it on his father who was shot at point blank range, and he survives. And what does the old man say, the old knight? You have chosen wisely. That script writer didn't first state that Jesus did. Mary has chosen what? Wisely. Said it's a choice. So said I am the well. That wasn't your choice. You understand? That's God's design. If you get born again, you become the well. You are the well. If we don't flow, people's needs aren't met. That's just the way it is. The empowerment, not your choice. He is sovereignly willed that these things would be in you as a believer and as a spirit-filled believer. But guess what? Connection is totally your choice. 
100% up to you whether what's in you comes out to meet the needs of the people around you. Look at somebody and tell them, choose wisely. Come on, say it again, everybody, choose wisely. Now shout it out, choose wisely. But I got the kids, and I got the grandparents, and I got the work, and I got the school, and I got all this stuff, and I got to do this, and I got you. One thing is needed. The secret to this is if you'll do the one thing, everything will flow better for you. You'll find the time. Martin Luther used to say, if I don't pray four hours a day, I can't get anything done. What? He didn't live to be an old man. The content of his writings are staggering. No computer. By hand. If I don't pray four hours a day, I can't get anything done. And what he actually said was, I find I can't get anything done. I find? What, you tried it out? We have this idea that connection with God is going to divert me from what's really important. No, what's really important is that you connect with God and everything else is going to flow just fine. Amen. Glory to God. Connection with God opens every spiritual door. Connection with God gives us the strength to do what we should. If we're in a situation right now where we know what to do but we're not doing it, it's because you lack the power, because you lack living contact. Number three, connection with God is a great privilege paid for by Jesus. Before he shed his blood, there was no new and living way. There was always going to be a mediator between you and God. But now you come boldly to the throne of grace. It's a big deal. In Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were locked out of the presence of God. In fact, for 4,000 years, we hadn't heard anything. And you understand this, that you and I have this privilege any time anywhere to call upon the name of the Lord and enjoy what he has. Amen? Amen. So listen to me. Say it with me. I'm the well and I am empowered but I need to stay connected. Connection is my choice. Now listen to the people that you hear about in, in contemporary times the past 100, 200 years and even today that are doing great things for God. It's not because of a title. It's because of a connection. Can't give what you have not been connected to. Amen. Say it one more time. I'm the well. I'm empowered. And I choose today to stay connected in prayer, in Bible reading, in living contact with my God all the days of my life. Amen. Glory to God. Let's give him a hand clap and thank him for that.